Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. We're live. I thought that was going to be way less energy. (laughs) I was going to say we're live, but I'm barely alive. Staying alive, yeah. staying alive, uh, 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 staying alive. <laughs> so, hey, everyone, I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah, Olivia's got a little sauced yesterday, so she's just a little slower today. Look, I don't go uh, out very often anymore, and we had a little celebratory drink last night, and I just took it to the next level, and for the first time in, like, years, I slept until 10.30 a.m. Oh, I know. Whoa. It's insane. I was I up at 5.45. I just kept sleeping. I never woke up. So, but you know what? I'm You've here, had though. like a really busy, just like couple months, just like life, work, everything. So Truth. I think you just needed it too. So I think your body just needed you to like really relax and just sleep. It was fun. I ate deep fried mac and cheese bites. So you're going to say deep fried pickles. No, that's it's like a pretty staple thing for me to eat. Uh, I had macaroni and cheese deep fried bites for the first time in my life at like a little local pub here. And it was literally just like deep fried nuggets of Kraft Dinner. And it was kind of amazing. That sounds amazing. Um, Sorry, I keep laughing because if you see beside me, (laughs) there's just a tiny box. And Wednesday is just like fascinated by the little EQ recording thing. She's like, Oh. oh my gosh, what is we're going to have a kitty friend today for today's recording. We always have an animal of some sort. Those a little animals. Egg McMuffin Wednesday. Uh, I have a total... calling her a little Egg McMuffin? I don't know. I just started calling her that a few weeks ago and it stuck. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. A few updates. She's figured out that she's obsessed with water. I have a walk-in shower for anyone who doesn't know. So it's just like level with the rest of my floor. And she likes to just come in the shower and stand in the corner and like with whoever's showering, it's kind of creepy. What a weird But also really cat. funny. She likes to drink out of the faucet. Yeah, she just loves water. And um, what else is me? She's just turning into her own little cat. Yeah, she has the weirdest little personality. She's like a little, I don't know. She's not even a cat. I don't even know what I would call her. I haven't figured it out yet. She's not old enough. She's cute. Okay, I did just completely switching gears. I love you Wednesday, but... I have to switch gears after, too, anyway. Okay. I just wanted to say one of my friends, she's actually my old landlord, but shout out to Bridget, because she is a listener of ours, and she always suggests us to other people, and we've gotten a few regular listeners from her, so we love Bridget. She messaged me after the... Ryan Stuka episode last week. She messaged me like while yeah. she was listening to it. And she said that her husband Dean, his record of snowboarding at Sun Peaks, because he lived there. She said he lived in Sun Peaks. His record is 120 days. And she said it was funny listening because they actually played golf on the golf course. So we have a. <laughs> yeah, because remember, we're like, does the golf just like come right back? Because I, I thought it was like. It's like if, when someone gets shocked with like the things where it's like, because <gasps> we were joking. <laughs> yeah, the goldfish. <laughs> so anyways, oh uh, yeah, God. she has played golf on the course and uh, pretty cool. 
I think we should. I think we should go to Sun Peaks. Funny. Yeah. Anyway, what was your nugget of information? It wasn't really a nugget of information. I was just going to tell you about my gardening. Oh, yeah. Katie's a gardener now. I got some pictures the other day from you, and I was like, okay, green thumb. We've moved on from the bees. Now we're just a regular old green thumb. I wouldn't say I am the gardener. (laughs) I'm just along for the ride and, like, picking out what we're doing. So... Just take the damn sip of your iced coffee. I can see you. I can for anyone. Even... <laughs> for anyone listening here, just do it once. This is what I told her she wasn't allowed to do all show. Because okay, that's that... what it sounds like every time she picked. No, that's really what it sounds like. I know that was were, a bit more dramatic. Exaggerating. <laughs> no, no, no. That was normal. Okay. Well, I've been told I can't have my iced coffee, but I like I need it to stay alive right now. So I'm gonna leave it in one that spot on the desk. What I said, and then I'll you just can't have that cup. And I'll drink. Out of I it. said you can't have that cup. You can drink whatever your heart desires. It's because I prefer the Starbucks. So I'm using a Starbucks tumbler for anybody who loves Starbucks tumblers. They do make them in like plastic and softer materials. Mm-hmm. I just prefer the metal ones because they don't break. And I have been notorious to drop the plastic ones, and then they crack and they break, and they're a waste of forty dollars or however much these stupid Starbucks cups are. So, Jeez, I got the loud okay, ones. if you're paying $40 for the plastic ones, you got ripped off. Well, the metal uh, ones are like $36.95 <laughs> or something, are they not? Yeah, so the plastic ones aren't going to be 40 I think the plastic like ones 30. are cheaper. They're like 29 It's Starbucks. They don't care about okay. cheapness. True. True. They're like 30 the bucks Royce still. Of coffee. At least Legit. I think they are. Yeah. You're not. I don't drink actual coffee, so iced only, and I buy the jugs from Costco now. So I just need the co- I just need the vessel from them. Mm. You know. Anyways, moving mm. on from my coffee. Okay. Yeah, but it's good to know that the vessel is important to you as well. It is. She cares about the whole package, guys. The plastic ones just don't hit the same, you know. I also think they make your like your hand heat go to the drink faster, regardless, and. Mm-hmm. Your drink doesn't stay as cold as long. That is so not important right this moment. Frankie, can you please stop walking around? I mean, the room it is what it is. I could, everywhere. I could talk for like 20 minutes about how I hate paper straws. So. Yeah, so could I. But I love sea turtles, so I keep my mouth shut. I know. Right? But that's why I keep the metal ones with me now or like the plastic ones. I just have them in my car or in my purse because I had an ice cap from Tim Hortons the other day. This is very Canadian of me. I was going to get my tattoo and I was really early. So I was like, huh, what am I going to do? Well, there's a Tim Hortons on every block where we live. Of course. So uh, that, of course. it was like the only drive through that was close to where the tattoo place was. So I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'll just go and like kill some time in a drive through tim hortons i got a nice cap my straw like how you chose the fastest method of ordering to kill time yeah well you know i just wanted somewhere like like, drive and and sit and whatever it wasn't like that early but long story short by the time i got back to the tattoo appointment my straw was unusable could not use it oh yeah 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 i was devastated i know do you know those things that you see out in the summer and they're not like wind chimes or flags, but they're like a tube fish. The, the wind yeah. blows through. Of course mm-hmm. you do. You're from Qualicum. Yeah, you know t- what those the, are. They're yeah, everywhere. Like the, yeah. Yeah. That's what my paper straw makes me think of from the waist down. And from the waist <laughs> down, I mean what's under the drink, like the pants yes, of my straw. Yes, the wavy guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Fun. just like the tube in the wind. 
Fun fact, they have uh, one of those shaped like a big bong at the bong yeah, store. Yeah, I know. Out in, uh, in the middle. It's like in the boonies. It's really funny, though. It's, it's, it's By Tofino. Yeah. Huge inflatable bong just on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah, it's great. I stopped and took my picture with it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. And hey, who's it? I have seeds going for my gardening. Simon's gardener. What kind of seeds? Um, what are you growing? Tell us everything. We have done peas, pumpkins, and then we got some already started lettuce that we're growing in like a party mix to have multiples in a planter outside. We have bell peppers, chives, basil, rosemary, thyme, kiwis, oranges, limes, and a few other things. Because apparently on our patio here... I don't know. He's fucking green thumb over there. Right. Meanwhile, I'm over here being like, why don't I do this? And he's like, because you'll kill it. I'm like, oh, okay. Remember the time we he tried like to grow? He like stops me before I kill it. We like tried to grow an avocado from a pit in our kitchens. And that's the furthest we ever got. I still have it. <laughs> I don't. I still have mine. That's amazing. His name is Stan. He's still just a twig. Although I read today that uh, avocados are like people where they need a male and female plant to be in the same oh. pot to actually grow fruit so what am i just growing a fucking twig like yeah. that thing's never gonna do anything it's just i've grown a branch it's like a year for growing a branch. i know it's really hard though too because my current landlord who's also my friend she lives upstairs from us and she said she's tried to sprout an avocado like more than once and this is the first one that's ever worked she has one in her kitchen that's like got a little sprout coming out of it now and she said it's the first one that's ever sprouted and she's tried like four or five times i've never had a hard time germinating it i just i'm not good at growing it after i like way over water Did you or way just underwater. Say germinating you are becoming yeah. a little gardener no i just have known the word for that because <laughs> i'm an educated adult i'm not <laughs> ish <laughs> super ish <laughs> we should probably start but i You're would like over i'm just gonna leave it at your hungover now that there was that awkward pause that's way funnier <laughs> <laughs> now i'm okay I'm instantly better once we hop on this podcast. Instantly, I'm fine. <laughs> and I was what I was going to say was, am I going to get to like try some of your homegrown goods when they're ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Maybe That's I'll all have I like a to little farm stand at the end of my driveway. So cute. Can you please? I want to yeah. have one, but with the books. I want to have like a book community library. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are they called? The little community libraries or something like they actually have like a, a name is that what they're called i think they... so there's a few around my house now like where i live now there's like one or two yeah. people that have them and they're really cute and i was like oh i would love to do that because i have so many books and like if it's a really good book i'll read it more than once but chances are like i'm gonna read the book and put it back on my shelf so i would love to be able to share the wealth i specifically put pick out books that i may want to read but more so that will look good on my shelf yeah that too i have a so, few books that are like it's a I've, juggling act i picked them for the shelf my mom's like oh what are those books and i was like oh, i mean i've I never know. read them they're decoration books but 
you know. There's still books that would interest me, but they're not the ones that I would be like, oh, that really interests me. Yeah. Okay, we, we've we've gone on a tangent, but we're going to come back to the show. Podcast by Proxy, Canadian True Crime. Can- Are we? Can- Canadian. Katie is telling us a story today. I don't even know what it is. Katie Obviously. True Crime. <laughs> Katie True Crime is telling us a true crime story today, and I... I'm just going to sit here and die a little. Not look pretty. I was going to say I'll just sit here and look pretty, but I'm, I can't even give you that today. Sorry. You always look pretty. Oh, At least you have real eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, I do, but they're sort of tattooed. Hey, at least they're there when you wake up. They are. Sometimes I wake up with just like half of one left. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving us today? So maybe a little bit shorter case, maybe not. I don't know. I didn't actually read this out to myself to see how long it kind of took in the end. So we'll see. But it's an older case. So I went back in like the archives. I was like digging through some shit. I had a great time. We're going to talk about the murder of Cecilia Pupkowski. Oh, okay. Ever heard of it? No. No, I know you didn't. Never. Because I had never heard of it either. If I haven't, you probably haven't. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) So Cecilia was a Polish immigrant who immigrated here through Germany after escaping a Nazi concentration camp. Oh, wow. She's like already a badass bitch. Yeah. We already took it there. Yeah. Mm. She was able to fly under the radar while in Poland for a short period because her and her husband didn't really stand out at all. Her husband was like not very tall. He had blonde hair, glasses, and just kind of like... I'm just one of you guys. They blended in. They blended in. A hundred percent. So yeah, like I said, her husband, Chester, not a very big guy. The couple decides that they are going to immigrate to Oak Bay specifically. The couple settled in a quaint yellow and brown house in Oak Bay, Victoria at... There was a little bit of a discrepancy if it was 128 or 129 Clarence, but whatever. Okay. They either lived at 128 or 129 Clarence. Sure, like not in Oak super... Bay. Not that important. No. Uh, for anyone who isn't familiar with the area, Oak Bay, it's quite a nice neighborhood. It's quite safe, although it's quite a high income area. So I do think they have quite a bit of like break and enters and theft. But otherwise, it's a pretty I was going to say, place. it's considered like the affluent, nicer area yeah. of the Victoria, greater Victoria area, which is on Vancouver yeah, Island. Yeah, it's got ocean views. Yeah. There's a lot of like nicer hotels, or spas, golf courses, you know, you get the picture. It's expensive in an already very expensive city, so. Expensive. 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 <laughs> expansive chester helped out with part of the family's income as a butcher even though his english was not very good and he didn't really care to improve it by the sounds of it he seems like kind of a stubborn guy i don't need to speak your language yeah and he retired at the age of 48 like wouldn't that be the life it's like you know, I'm pushing 50. I think I'm going to retire. I think it's just time to call it quits for me. I've had enough of life. Yeah. Thank you. And then once he retired, everyone's like, yeah, you could just find him in his garden. It's what he loved to do. He'd be out there just tending to his plants, making sure his little flower babies are A++ all the time. He's living your dream. 
living your Again, retired gardener dream it's, that it's apparently more, it's more Simon's dream I, I think, was gonna but, say apparently this is new but we're going with it but I'm intrigued I've always wanted to be able to grow my own food I just don't I'm not patient enough so I don't think I do all the beginning work well enough and that's where he is right now and I'm like great this this looks great fair I've kept alive the journey one plant in my house one and the fake plant on your table behind you <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I've slowly started rotating when plants die. I replace it with a fake one because I'm like, ah, eh, well, Love that it. Di- didn't work out for me, so. So even though Chester retired at a, you know, nice, ripe, young age of 48, Goals. Cecilia kept working, but yeah. had two jobs because they had this mortgage that they had just gotten as, like, new family and to Chest- Canada. And Chesty called it quits early. And he's just like, peace out lady you got this mortgage right you got this under i would be unhappy same so she cleaned houses on the side while she had a full-time job working as a kitchen staff member at the empress hotel where she was the vegetable cook in the kitchen wow she was specifically the vegetable cook as well like I just think it's cute. That is cute. Someone has like, you know, there's like the pasta station, the sauces, the desserts, stuff like that. She was the vegetable girl. I love that. The Empress is nice too, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know the area. The Empress is like the place to go. Like you wear your absolute best. It's fancy, fancy. This is the 50s. Imagine the Empress in the 50s. Even more fancy because that was like it's time to shine. Even more. But the Empress... Um, if we want to give like a little bit of a backstory because she worked there, I can do that. So it's called the Fairmont Empress. Um, it's one of the oldest hotels in Victoria, BC. It's located on Government Street. It faces the Inner Harbor. Um, and I was just want- looking Beautiful. to see when it was built and when it opened. Um, so it looks like it operated as just the Empress from... 1908 it opened uh, January 20th 1908 um, until 2001 and then that's when um, the name was changed to the Fairmont Empress but it is considered a national historic site of Canada it was designated as such in January of 1981 um, and you it doesn't operate as a hotel anymore as far as I know it's just does it yeah so clearly I don't know anything I totally just put food in my mouth because you were talking but yeah, Fairmont bought it out, which is a hotel chain. They just... Okay, yeah. It, yeah, it says it underwent a significant restoration between 2015 and 2017, which cost more than $60 million. That's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can just go and like eat there, have tea there. I always see people having like really fancy tea. Yeah, like high tea. You can do that there, which is kind of cool. So yeah, if you're ever in Victoria, it's definitely worth a visit to go there. Did you ever hear about that guy that had a bunch of, like, smoked meat in his room and birds flew in through the window and, like, destroyed the room and he got banned from the hotel for, like... No. For life, I think. What? You should Google it. Yeah, look at, like, birds in Empress Hotel Room. It'll come up. Okay, I will. We'll come back to that. We'll just continue on with the story, but that's wild. Yeah, um, the story is hilarious. But what makes it even funnier is the more recent follow-up to the original story... (laughs) 40 seagulls wrecked his hotel room (laughs) for like sausages or something like that and pepperoni yeah it was just like dried smoked cured meat it was a nova scotia man (laughs) 
What? The headline of this fucking news article? Nova Scotia man whose Victoria hotel room was destroyed by seagulls allowed to return after 17-year ban. That was posted in 2018. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. A 17-year ban. That's hilarious. And he only got allowed back because he wrote the hotel like apologizing and like please let me stay there i'd like to get a second chance so it looks like they asked him to bring some brother's pepperoni a local delicacy from halifax he filled a suitcase with pepperoni but the airline misplaced the bag it was delivered to the empress the next day and the guy decided to keep the pepperoni cool um he lifted one of the like things and spread the packages of pepperoni out on the table and then goes for a walk for like four or five hours and he returned to find an entire flock of seagulls in his room he says there was nearly 40 birds gleefully eating the pepperoni is how this is worded (laughs) oh and then he's quoted saying in case you were wondering Brothers TNT pepperoni does nasty things to a seagull's digestive system. <laughs> um, for anyone who Holy doesn't know shit. this as well, Victoria, we get big ass seagulls. They're huge. So 40 seagulls in a smaller hotel room because these are all like heritage rooms. Yes. So they're not very big. Like we've been there. We've stayed there for a Christmas party once and Oh my god, 40 seagulls in a hotel room. Okay, before we move on from this story, because it's hilarious, I have to read one more quote from this news article. The guy said, quote, The result was a tornado of seagull excrement, feathers, pepperoni chunks, (laughs) and fairly large birds whipping around the room. The lamps were falling, the curtains were trashed, the coffee tray was just disgusting. He said that he managed to open the windows and they all left, but one tried to re-enter to grab more pepperoni. (laughs) Yep. And seagulls can get mean. So yeah, long story short, he was basically banned from the Empress for like 18 years. He wrote them a letter and he's now allowed back. (laughs) Too good. Yeah, he apparently was like, I'm very sorry that I could not have seen that coming. I did not intentionally, like, call the seagulls in there. Okay. It's hilarious. So funny. I can't believe you hadn't heard of that. Never. But now everybody needs to go look up the Empress to see how nice it is. To understand yeah. why this story is extra funny. Correct. So, Cecilia worked at the Empress in the kitchen as a vegetable cook. She was literally the only thing keeping the family afloat. She was paying the mortgage, everything, and good old Chester's over there tending to the garden. At the time, that the household consisted of Chester, Cecilia, their eight-year-old son Milo, and an old lady named Robina that lived with them, although... I couldn't really find out why. It seemed like she was another immigrant and she was elderly. So, like, that's just kind of how people housed each other and helped each other out Makes at the sense. time. 
Uh, I assume she probably helped out with Milo a little bit or stuff around the house day to day, but she was just an elderly woman that lived with them. Okay. On March 24th, 1956, like any other Saturday morning, Cecilia was on her way home from work and while her son was down the street at a friend's house for a play date and Robina was out doing her thing, going for a like many hour walk like we just said that guy did while staying at the Empress. He went to Beacon Hill Park. I was just saying, which to is Beacon Hill Park. not out of the norm in Victoria, especially no. if you're new to the area or you're visiting or whatever. It's pretty common to just go out for yeah. hours and hours. Exploring is never boring. No, and Oak Bay isn't that far from Beacon Hill, depending on where you are. It just really depends on, I guess, like how long of a walk you're willing to go for because it can take quite a bit to go out and just to get to Beacon Hill is a little bit of a trek so we can only assume that Cecilia went home just to do like her normal mom thing because it sounds like she took care of the house altogether so we assume she went home was doing her routine of like cleaning getting food ready while the house was empty around 2 45 a neighbor who is standing outside heard a woman scream like a blood-curdling scream and immediately ran inside to his corded phone, I will note, to call 911. So for those youngins out there, we used to actually have to go in our homes, pick up a phone that was attached yeah. to the wall, and call people. It was not right in our pockets. What a so, time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> so when this man, whose name is George Warwick, back outside for an update, he could still see a man running down the street who had blood on him. Oh. And he knew, he knew who this was, and his name was Chester. No way. Yes. He says that he saw Chester uh, kind of half running, half walking, which, I mean, to me is like, so he was jogging. <laughs> Just, sure, I get what like he means by like walk. speed walking, right, but yeah. half run, half walk, you're like meet in the middle, you're like, that's jogging. Come on. Also, when I see people speed walking really fast like that, I'm like, why don't you just run? Like, what is the point of what you're doing right now? If you're actually in a hurry, you just look silly. Unless you like have bad knees and you physically can't or something. But I often will see people like walking really fast to make the bus or something. And I'm like, bro, why don't you just freaking run? (laughs) Just pick up the pace a little. Maybe they have to poop. Maybe. That would be Maybe they're like holding something in like, oh, no. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. It's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too much that okay. iced coffee. This took a turn. Yeah. Chester is kind of doing this like walk run thing that he's doing. And apparently he's like staring straight ahead and does not move his line of sight and just like boogies past all the neighbors with blood on him, just being like, I'm gonna see here, people. So that's super weird. <laughs> He heads towards Holland Point, which is a 3.8-acre park in the city of Victoria. It's being gently hugged by Dallas Road, uh, ending near Clover Point. So, like, just, like, one of the most beautiful sections we have. Truly. It is all walking parks, so there's no internal parking and just many benches along the way. So Mm -hmm. you can stop along your walk and take in, like, the Olympic Mountains and you can see the states from there. Frequently, yep. my phone will tell me I'm in the States, which yes. is really annoying. Yeah, your phone or, like, your service will flip over to the U.S. a lot of the time there because it's so yeah. close. Um, but Dallas Road is truly, like, one of the nicest places in so Victoria. Beautiful. It's all just, like, along the water, really nice houses. 
Um, yeah, it's like, like a rocky, pebbly and, beach. Yeah, like nice. you can fly kites there. So the Coast Salish ancestors and the Lekwungen people have cultivated and maintained like a shrub-free grassland area that's about six square miles and part of it does go onto Holland Park. This is to ensure and to approve the growth of all their camas bulbs and the other native plants, focusing predominantly on the common camas and the great camas. There's also a poop ton more historical history on mm-hmm. Holland Park and Beacon Hill and that whole area. But we could do like a whole episode on it, so I didn't want to go too too far into there. Yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, it's super neat, and I just kept finding more and more and more. So I was like, "Ooh, ideas!" I got mm. a bunch of ideas from this episode, actually. Uh, I love that. There is a park and a petting zoo there, though, for anyone who wants to know if it's like family friendly. Highly recommend it. Tons of playgrounds. There's a little water park thing there. They do movies in the park at Beacon Hill, so highly recommend you check it out if you're new to Victoria. Yes. Good Food is Canada's number one meal kit service that delivers right to your door. Good Food makes cooking fun, easy, and affordable. They offer different meal plans to fit your needs like vegetarian, clean 15, easy prep, and the most popular basket, the classic basket. Every recipe is packed with fresh produce that comes directly from farmers and with good food. You can skip the trip to the grocery store and have everything you need to make your curated meals delivered straight to your door. Sign up for good food today using the code free podcast by proxy to get your first classic box for free. That's free podcast by proxy when creating your good food account to get a classic box on us. Hi friends, if you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us, we're officially live on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription service where you can get early access to our regular episodes, get bonus episodes, live Q&A sessions, and more. Visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast by Proxy. Katie and I are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today. Back to jogging Chester. So he's covered in blood running towards uh, Holland Point and he runs straight down these like stumbly stairs. He's all like... trying to like keep his little half joggy pace covered in blood runs straight into the ocean oh remember it's march yeah okay right yeah i know i was like eek march dallas road no way it's funny Uh -uh. because i can like picture the stairs and stuff too because there's like these like kind of rock stair pathways that go down to the ocean and you can like totally picture that whole thing yeah, it's near the Terry Fox statue and all okay. that, too, at, like, mile zero there. Yeah. A.K.A., like, rocks and logs, and they've just been built out of, like, what's there already. Yeah. So there's a group of three young boys, or young teenage boys, it seems like, maybe preteen. Again, news articles were a little shoddy at this point on accuracy. Sure. They yelled at the man to stay out of the water, and he literally, as he's running into the ocean, says, No, I'm going to die anyway. He rushes in up to his neck again freezing cold starts bashing his head against a log that he finds floating in the ocean and so many people saw him at this point between on the street on the beach all the way down here and now they just see this guy bashing his head against a log yes 
When police arrive, they find a screaming Chester just yelling, shoot me, shoot me, I want to die. And then a second group of officers who are responding to the original 911 call from George are Mm -hmm. dispatched to the home. So there's cops at the beach, cops at the house. Okay. Chitty chatting with each other. Wild. Okay. George had called because he advised that he had heard a full, like, five-second long scream. Oh. Like, five seconds. That's a long-ass time. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay. Long-ass time. I'm going to insert, like, a five-second pause somewhere in this episode so y'all can get the feeling of it. Because I did that. I stopped and counted to five. It's a long-ass time. We can do it now. One, two, three, go. Five. That was a little awkward. Could you imagine hearing someone scream for that whole time, though? Like, bloody murder? Yeah, that's pretty And then that's when he says it. When he saw Chester covered in blood, by the time the police showed up, he was like, it's that house. Like, it has to be that house. We know exactly who it is. We saw him run out. When they go inside, police find Cecilia just, like, laying out on the kitchen floor. Her throat has been slashed, and he has clearly used excessive force to beat her head. We come to find out that just one week prior to this, uh, Chester had collapsed in town and was rushed to a local St. Joseph's Hospital. He was released shortly after a psychiatric evaluation was done, and they said he was in a nervous state, even though physicians were like, well, you could have had a heart attack, but because you have no heart disease and you've been okay for a few days, we're just going to send you home. So there's all these weird things happening with him, and they just send him home. Yeah. You have no idea what's wrong. And with the psychiatric nurse and the psychiatrist saying he was in a nervous state there's clearly some indication that something's going on right and he just collapsed in the middle of town like maybe look a little further into it but it's the 50s we're not gonna say anything i mean i would argue that our system can still be a little bit negligent that way but it can that's a that's a song for another time for show on March 26, 1956, the Vancouver Sun reported Victoria Mann charged with murder. So we'll note this is less than 48 after, hours after she's been killed. This is how like infrequent these stories were at the time. Yeah. That, um, but Chester never stood a trial because he was immediately taken to Riverview Hospital and ended up actually staying there till he died. And we'll get a little bit more into Riverview Hospital at the end. We'll talk about it for a bit. But yeah, he ended up passing away December 19th of 03 in the hospital there. How long would that have been after this happened? Uh, this happened in 56 and oh. he died in 03. So he like lived out like 50 years there. Oh, wow. Almost. Okay. okay. Yeah, he lived out his natural life. Huh. After some time, uh, George, the neighbor, came forward for reportings and news articles stating that he was at the end of a neighbor's driveway or a friend the next over from his when he heard the scream. As we said, it was a full five seconds long, and then there was complete silence on their nice, quiet, calm street. As he turned towards his home, he did think he saw a man running. So he, like, essentially, like, passed Chester. And as he passed him, he saw blood. But, of course, running for the phone went inside. And then that's when he came out and he could still see Chester out there covered in blood, kind of doing his little run, walk, stumble away because he was in a panic. Mm -hmm. So while so many people saw him running down the street, 
George decides to hop in his truck and follow behind him as well to ensure that they don't lose his trail. So he's able to also connect the dots with the police at the beach as well and assist. At the time of Cecilia's death, she had only been in Canada for five years and Milo, their son, as we said, was only eight years old. He was then put into foster care immediately and his name was changed. And I did see an article, though, that someone in the family who had learned about this story recently, who knows him still, uh, knows that he's like married with a child and has gone on to live a fairly normal life from what we can know. So good for him. I hope he's very happy wherever he is. And for God's sakes, this has got to be traumatizing. Yeah, of course. Later on, I found an article that did say that the first person on site, this is amazing, was a one-armed man named Ernest Busey or Bussy. And he was just unable to get Chester out of the water because he only had one arm. And he yelled to one of the boys on shore to go and get police. And that's how police came down to the beach and knew to go there. So that's why there was even police there initially. Is because this one-armed man essentially went in the water and was like trying to save him. But because he didn't want to get out of the water and did want to die, supposedly like suicide by cop, he really fought him. And this guy only having one arm just kind of had to like stay with him or stay close to him until the police got there. Neighbors of the family such as Bill Todd, who lived behind them, said that Chester never said a word to him the entire time they lived near each other, which was like just over a year. And keep in mind, they live on the backside of him and Chester was like in his garden eight hours a day. And he didn't say a word to this man in a year. He also like couldn't he, speak English, could he? No, but he didn't like wave or right. smile. Like he literally made no... I don't know. He, he didn't just, acknowledge You'll see him. what other... Yeah. You'll see what some other people say about him, and then you're kind of like, okay, is he just an asshole, or did he have mental health problems? Right, right. Like, yeah. So Mrs. W.A. Wild stated that she felt that Milo was scared of his dad when she did see them in the presence of each other, whereas his mom was always, like, mild-mannered and, like, very good with him. And that Cecilia was kind and Milo was funny and outgoing and just like a typical little boy when in the presence of his mom, whereas in the presence of his dad, he was a completely different kid. And attending South Park School, Milo seemed like your average eight-year-old in academics and the way he paid attention in school, other than the fact that he was rather small stature for his age. But as we know, his dad also wasn't very tall, and Cecilia wasn't a very large woman either, so Milo was likely just a small kid. I don't think that was any raise for concern. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Two other locals came forward, Mr. and Mrs. Bruno Pronebner, (laughs) who lived at 540B Niagara Street. I'm going to go with Mrs. P. She told the local newspaper, the Times Colonist, that Cecilia was an extremely hard worker and she had so much happen to her over the years that she was shocked at how strong and positive she was. They even found out down the line that she had another son back in Germany before they immigrated and he died. Oh. And she still, yeah, like every day while her husband was in the hospital after he collapsed, she would be so positive at work and she was always showing up. She worked split shifts. She was never late. She was just like the best employee and so reliable and consistent. It's just, 
it was such a loss to like her friends, her community, her work. Everybody said that she was so committed. Yeah. So both Mr. and Mr. P, after a short while, decided they were not even going to bother to try to mingle with Chester anymore because they would literally be like, hey, Chester, how's it going? And he would just walk away without saying a word. That's weird. Like wouldn't smile, wouldn't make pleasantries. He wouldn't even try. The neighbor, George, that called 911 reported that supervision of Milo was minimal, too, when it was on Chester's watch. Sure. One day, Milo came to his door. Keep in mind, this would have been eight or younger. Yeah. And he asked George if he could borrow a flashlight because he was locked out of his house and he was going to need to climb in through the basement window in the dark and find his way upstairs. And... George was like, you look scared. I'm going to help you get back in your house. So he essentially, like, broke into the neighbor's house with Milo to make sure he got inside his house safe. And where was Chester? In the house? I guess. He was just, like, MIA. And that's where George was kind of like, okay, like, you're upstairs. Like, go safely. Like, Do we know if he was, like, a drinker at all? Like, was he... There was so little information because, A, they'd only been in Canada for five years. Right. They didn't really make a lot of friends. And it seems like nobody knew what their home life was if they only knew Cecilia. Right. Because she was so just, like, effervescent and positive and just, like, light. And people loved her. So I don't know. And she probably... I thought maybe. Yeah. I I feel like she sounds like the type of person... Um, and just like knowing the time that this took place as well, that if she was being mistreated at home, she wasn't going to talk about it. Like it wasn't something that was going to come up. She was just like, everything's great. I'm going to work. I'm paying the bills. I'm happy. And like, just kind of putting up with this person, which. Yeah. I think there's also a level of being an immigrant too. Like we're here. This is a better life. Just deal with it. I have a good husband. He provides for us or you know like you kind of have that mentality to just like appreciate what you have even if it's not yeah what you deserve sure yeah one time also (laughs) another story from george he revealed that mental health may have been an issue in this case when chester ran to his front door with a giant pole asking him to call the police because there was two bandits in his house oh was there like some I maybe think, paranoid? I think they were raccoons. Paranoid yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. That's why I wasn't sure if drinking, mental health, just the time, stress. Right. I I don't know. Uh, police showed up. There was nobody in his home. There's there was no, no bandits. bandits. Nothing yeah. had been disrupted. Nothing was moved, stolen. No bandits here. No, it's a no bandit it's zone. Like when you guys. ask your mom to come check for monsters under your bed, like, oh no, I don't see anything. No, we're good here. <laughs> not no there. bandits. No. <laughs> um, it's not funny. Aside from I'm, obviously, there's some stuff going on, but you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it the thing. I think it would be a lot more disrespectful if it was someone doing this behavior now and we were laughing at it with all the resources we have. But at the time, we were like, who was going to help this guy? For sure. Yeah, yeah. What was going to happen? Like, and Mm -hmm. that's horrible. Yeah. 
there wasn't the resources to help him. Uh, I mean, again, as per my earlier statement, we're still, as much as we've progressed in that department, we're still very, there's still gaps. People still fall through the cracks every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, as mentioned, though, December 19th of 2003, Chester died of natural causes in the mental facility, uh, which was riverview hospital so obviously i'm not sure if you're gonna get there but you said that there was an article that he was charged with murder and then there was never a trial and he never went to jail so was he found deemed like mentally unfit to stand trial and ended up going into like psychiatric cold i think that's where we're going with this yeah so based on the the i i guess incident the week before and having a psychiatric evaluation that he was in a nervous state that then when this happened they essentially at the time had thought he had a mental break and because he had essentially taken onus of what he had done he knew he did it but they were like oh he knows he did it and he says he's crazy and he's gonna hurt himself so they just deemed him as unfit and took Mm -hmm. him to a mental hospital and just said okay you're just gonna live out your days there yeah that was it I mean, the system was definitely a lot different back then, so that makes sense. Um, So was it the officers that ended up pulling him out of the water then? Yeah. So officers arrived. They pull him out of the water where he had some lacerations to the head, obviously was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And like we said, within 36 hours, he had been taken into holding, evaluated, and then had pled essentially unfit. It was ruled that he was unfit and immediately housed at Riverview Hospital. Okay. Um, There Mm. was really nothing else that happened in there. It was literally, like I said, two days almost that everything happened within and he was housed permanently. Um, However, because this story was a little bit shorter, I wanted to do a little bit about this Riverview Hospital because I know we're going to maybe do some other episodes about facilities, hospitals, institutions, asylums, whatever you want to call them. Because they're fascinating. Yeah, there's one in Kamloops, BC, that I really would love to research and talk about. Because I've, like, done a hike where I could see it. And then I think you said you drove by it, maybe. Um, And it's very interesting. Yeah, there was something else, too. We talked about it in another case. And you could, like, see it from the facility somewhere else. And, yeah, it was super interesting. Riverview Hospital opened in 1913 officially. It's located in Coquitlam, B.C., and there is a belief that the serene lands would be a vast improvement and speed up the process of treatment. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was deemed an insane asylum at the time, although, you know, we don't use those words anymore. Mm-hmm. The hospital was predominantly and controversially known for electroshock therapy and sterilization. The first ward was the Mayo Chronic building, and that was the one that opened officially in 1913, and it filled to double capacity within the first year, housing 900 patients. Whoa, that's not good. Not at all. In 1922, so, what, nine years later, the Boys Industrial School for Juveniles opened on the same site, which, that sounds like just a place where they go and make boys work yeah instead of go to school if you're unruly by 1924 they had the acute psychotherapy unit as well and then by 1930 added the female chronic building they're calling them in 1934 the veterans block which was world war one survivors shell shock victims and anyone with severe ptsd 
could uh, be housed there. With all buildings combined, and the building by 1956 housed 4,300 patients. Holy. So from 1913 to 1956, not even a full 50 years, 4,300 people in Coquitlam, B.C. It's shocking. And the fact um, that full capacity originally was supposed to be 450 people, that's insane. Yeah, and you immediately took 900. That's crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy. In the 1960s, the hospitals uh, in the surrounding area started to add mental health wards or mental health resources. So uh, Riverview had a significant decline in, it ad- in its admittance at the time. Also, psych meds were becoming very popular, new diagnoses. You know, this is kind of when those housewives started having the, like, glass of wine with some antidepressants and, like, woo! Xanax was, like, gum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. The 1980s on, uh, the areas of the property were subdivided as occupancy went down. They shifted the buildings around and sold them off to different developers in the area. The numbers declined significantly all through the 80s, 90s, by early 2000s. They had sold off most of the additional and excess properties, but the government had announced that they were going to be building a new 20-bed unit that would be built for those who are not able or comfortable to be reintroduced into community living via ways of like a halfway house Mm -hmm. or a different reintroduction process. And as of 2000, there was still like just shy of a thousand residents there. It's still like 800 residents. But that same year is when all the Bad publicity came out. Uh, the current president of the hospital was kind of put uh, in the line of fire, as he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when the electroshock therapy was known to still be an active practice in the oh, year 2000. that's not good. No. That ain't uh, it. No, not at all. So, bye-bye, current president. I was going to say, ya. like, I'll give it to you in the 50s. I know it was a different time, and there was a lot of different... <laughs> she loves her Dyson. The Dyson's out. <laughs> that um, bitch loves her Dyson. It was the 50s, and that was pretty like a normal practice back then. Electroshock therapy, even like sterilization, as terrible as it is, like there was just a lot of ways yeah. that they thought would quote cure people that just don't. Um, but like in the 2000s, yeah. get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, there was still like indications that there were still approval of the practice within the facility. Which I just think is, like, shocking. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. In 2003, a former patient sued them for being illegally sterilized between the years of 1940 and 1968 while she was housed there. She, yeah. Records showed at the time when it was looked into that over 200 patients were sterilized between 1933 and 1968. That's brutal. It's disgusting. And not all of these were women. Just to put in perspective for people out there there was a small percentage of this that were men they were not made up of many but still someone else was having the right to go in and decide oh you don't deserve to reproduce because you have x y and z as a flaw in our eyes yep that's disgusting Nine women did receive settlements totaling over $450,000 in 05. Wow. So at least there was some restitution paid. There was some acknowledgement taken. Yeah. However, 
not much has ever happened past that. There hasn't been much recognition or apology on any part, although I'm sure the people have passed away at this point or don't want to be recognized. Yeah. That's crazy. The land, yeah. When it was looked into in the 2000s, uh, when we were looking at, I guess, determining land boundaries and giving back land that was rightfully belonging to First Nations people, it was found that part of this property was on the Quiquetlam First Nations land. So they were able to reclaim a portion of that land as well. Good. Yeah. Today it is seen as a historic heritage site with beautiful botanical gardens and historical architecture. And as of 2019, demo has happened on the property, but none of the new builds have planned for the 20 bed new inpatient that they're putting there, or sorry, outpatient that they're putting there. Um, so yeah, other than that, the only other like claims to fame that this place has is there's been a fartload of movies made there. That's not shocking. Yeah, like Watchmen, Supernatural, X-Files, Arrow, Elf, Smallville, Happy Gilmore, Prison wow. Break, Riverdale, and the opening and closing fight scenes to Deadpool 2, that beautiful property that part of it is on, and the dark buildings that they use. That's all this building. Yeah. A lot of this movie. And for anyone who doesn't know, Ryan Reynolds is from Vancouver, so he likes to bring production back to Vancouver. And thankfully for us, this property has at least been able to be featured in a lot of movies and cinematic features because it is beautiful, the property. Even the parts that are fenced off and run down and look haunted and scary. That would appeal They're to you more. They're amazing looking. I was going to say, that yeah. would appeal to Katie more. <laughs> if it's the most, the more run down haunted looking, the more appealing to Katie. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to go look at it in the daylight. Deadpool has a, like, historic site was filmed in Victoria as well, right? Yeah, Royal Roads. Yeah. Yeah, the first one filmed a bunch of scenes at Royal Roads. Yeah, actually, uh, after, like, or during uh, COVID, I feel like brought a lot of filming back to Vancouver because it's considered a yeah. cheaper location to film. Same with some locations in Ontario. Like, Netflix pretty much exclusively uses Vancouver or Ontario yeah. for filming because... Well, especially because, like, everything in BC, like, in... Well, yeah, like, BC looks like Seattle and yeah. Portland and all those places they're trying to replicate because it is... A couple hours away. Yeah. It's still, it is in the the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Yeah, It's just BC. But yeah, it's a lot cheaper, I guess, to film in Vancouver and stuff than it is in some like the bigger cities. So uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's been a lot of projects that have happened in Vancouver like since COVID and beyond, which is cool. Since COVID and beyond. Yeah. It's like a to infinity and beyond out of COVID. Very interesting story. Thank you for sharing it with us. I don't think I would have ever heard of that had you not. Um, Very sad for Cecilia (laughs) and... I found a whole list of unusual cases. Okay. So I'm very excited. So we'll be hearing a few of those from you in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, I did just want to mention at the end, because I know not everybody makes it all the way to the very end. So if you've made it this far, you get the you get the <laughs> tea. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. I sometimes don't listen to the end of people blabbering on in podcasts, so I don't blame anyone. But, um, you know, if you do listen to the end, sometimes you get little tidbits from us. 
So it's like in Marvel movies when there's a clip after the credits. Right. Yeah. Like you get, you're getting the tea. Um, so a lot of you, we've had so many suggestions, case suggestions to cover the disappearance of Emma Filipov, who went uh, missing uh, from Victoria, BC back in 2012. So because so many people have been requesting to do this case, we are going to cover it soon. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up that that is going to be coming. I'm not ignoring you. I do see that you want that one done. We get more requests. We hear you. We literally get more requests for that case than we do for Lindsay Buziak, which is another uh, murder out of Victoria as well. So we will be covering that soon. Stay tuned. Uh, And thank you so much for sending case suggestions. Any other cases that you want us to cover Send them in. DM us on Instagram at podcast by proxy. Send us an email, podcast by proxy at gmail.com. Like whatever, comment on a post, whatever vessel you choose is fine. Um, but I do write them down. I do see them. And we love covering what you want to hear because uh, a lot of the time, I just don't know. There's just so many. Like it's not like I don't know what to write. It's just there's so many cases to choose from. Uh, and I don't know what you would prefer. So if you if you tell us, then we can cover what you want, which I love. Heck yes. Heck yes. Uh, but yeah, rather than you. me just covering what I want all the time, which is fine too. <laughs> like it's our podcast, we can do whatever we want. But I do prefer to research things that people really want to hear. Uh, so yeah, Emma Philipoff will be coming absolutely. I actually thought that that was more recent than it is. I was like, in my head, she went missing in like 2016 and then went, because I've done all, the, the research is done. Isn't it like double that? Uh, it's 2012, yeah. <laughs> like it so, feels like that, yeah. Yeah, so that's crazy, but uh, yeah, we it's will be covering that ago. for sure. Um, Her poor mom. Yeah, the missing ones I find are really difficult. Like, of course, we are going to tell them because they're sometimes the most important because if you know somebody hears it they remember they get a conscience whatever it is um they're really they're important to be told but they're hard for us to tell because like at the end of the day there's no answer all i can really do is share the information that's there it's like impossible for me to really speculate or know what could or should have happened um Otherwise, you know, they would have been probably found if it was that easy. So I find them difficult. I don't know if everybody, like, likes hearing those episodes because um, I feel like I can get a little bit, like... I like a conclusion. <laughs> right. Like, I don't I don't really know. We're still going to keep telling them. I just, I'm not really sure how everyone feels about those. So suggestions. We love suggestions. That's the moral of the story. Sure do. All right. Talk to you okay. next week. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. I'll call you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>